we can work well with the Thai partners and the union to continue to promote the labor rights and human rights in Thailand. We hope and ensure that the workers should get respect and receive the equal treatments under the international and ILO standard. Hello, sisters and brothers, and welcome to the Solidarity Center podcast, an interview show that highlights and celebrates the individuals working for labor rights, unionization, and democracy across the globe. I'm your host, Shauna Bader-Blau. I'm also the executive director of the Solidarity Center, the largest international worker rights organization in the United States. Solidarity Center works in more than 60 countries to assist unions and worker organizations and empower workers to raise their voice for dignity on the job, for justice in their communities, and for greater equality in the global economy, and for one just future. As we pass the grim milestone of living with the COVID-19 pandemic for a year, the inequalities for workers have been laid even more bare. The wealth gap continues to widen and the economic security of workers worldwide has been devastated. Among the hardest hit are migrant workers. Their labor, the labor of millions of migrant workers, fuels the global economy. They are domestic workers, construction and agricultural workers, factory and service workers, teachers and professionals. Today, we are taking a look at the struggles of migrant workers in Thailand, where up to 2.3 million workers from countries like Myanmar, Cambodia, and Vietnam have come with hopes of supporting themselves and their families. Like migrant workers everywhere, they have made the difficult decision to leave their homes and sometimes their families, often enduring dangerous journeys to find jobs. Coronavirus lockdowns and quarantines mean many have no income and no way to get back to their countries of origin. Migrant rights groups estimate that since COVID-19 hit last year, 700,000 workers in Thailand are either unemployed or not receiving full pay. Thai unions have stood up for migrant workers, helping them organize to better advocate for their rights and negotiate with their employers for better working conditions. They also push for legislation that would provide migrant workers with the same rights all workers should have, regardless of immigration status or where they come from. Decent work, safe jobs, and access to basic protections like healthcare. And throughout the COVID-19 crisis, they have helped connect migrant workers who have lost their job with aid organizations and other vital support. My guest today, Prita, joins us from Thailand, where she has dedicated her skills as a lawyer to improving migrant worker rights. Prita has been assistant to the Secretary General at the Human Rights and Development Foundation, HRDF, which is based in Thailand. And for the past several years, the Solidarity Center has been so fortunate to have Prita on our staff, working with us in our Bangkok office. Our conversation begins with a look back at the Thai government's response to COVID-19 in March 2020, which, like so many countries, created chaos for migrant workers 
and left them without access to the social and economic programs that were attempting to provide relief. In Thailand, announced to uh, lock down the countries in uh, March 2020. And the, the first sector that received the big effects is the tourist industry. And the government announced about how the worker, including migrant worker, access to compensation. And we found that the compensation provided by the government is through social security system. Oh no, so the same system that is excluding migrant workers, (laughs) they're being told they have to go to. Yeah. So how has that affected migrant workers? You were talking about the tourism industry deeply affected by the lockdown. How has that affected migrant workers in Thailand? First, they lost opportunity to find a new job when the employer left them behind, right? There is no access to the compensation. They cannot access labor protection mechanism. So the first thing that SC and other network are working together is first how to provide the humanitarian aid to those who are unable to move out because of the lockdown. People lost the job from last year. And another uh, thing is about access to compensation during the lockdowns. So only one program that provide for the migrant worker is about unemployment compensation through the social security system that put the many of the migrant workers unable to access to the compensation. And another program from the Thai government is called no one left behind to access to the compensation. However, when we access to the online applications, the system requires the Thai identification card number. So it's not possible for the migrant worker to access to that. So this kind of the, the program that raised the discriminate against the migrant worker and the foreign worker in Thailand. So the Solidarity Center and other organizations have helped connect migrant workers who have lost their jobs during yeah. the COVID-19 crisis yeah. and the lockdowns with the Red Cross yes. for humanitarian aid. Yeah. I wonder if you could just give us a, an example of like how much money does the average migrant worker in the hotel sector make each month? Minimum wage in the hotel industry, the payment is okay. At least they receive the minimum wage, unlike the other sector. And what is the minimum wage in Thailand? Uh, the minimum wage right now is about, it's the highest minimum wage in the country. It's about 336 baht, uh, 100 plus plus USD. So the, the highest wage, minimum wage that migrant workers in the most famous part of Thailand, Phuket, is just over $100 a day. So when you were interviewing some workers, tell me, what are some of the stories you heard? What did they share with you? How were they they feeling? What did they experience? I think the the main demand from the migrant worker industry is they don't want to lose a job. They want to continue to work, right? 
the thing is because the order of the governments that order the, the employer in the hotel industry to close down right for temporarily and even they reopen the hotels but their operation is not the same in the area many of the hotels uh, have to reduce the number of the the worker reduce the number of the day of work so uh, this is affect to all worker in the hotel not only the migrant workers but for the case that we interview it seems like there is no clear sign from the employer so finally the worker decided to file the complaint through the labor protection office in phuket and after that there is the process of the negotiation and the employer decided to file the lawsuit against the worker and argue that the worker failed to come to the office up to three days without proper notice something like that so this is a kind of the issue that the employer want to prevent them to pay compensation if they lay off the worker. I'm trying to picture yes. how this must have felt for foreign workers, migrants in mm. Thailand. Mm. They're far from home. They come from other countries to Thailand seeking yeah. a better life, more wages. Yeah. Mm. The COVID crisis hits. Yeah. Thailand is one of the first countries to experience the crisis in the world. Mm. And there are swift lockdown orders yeah. and they lose their jobs. Mm. They try to get compensation. Mm-hmm. And even though nobody is supposed to be left behind yes. <laughs> in the Thai system, they are having to rely on the Red Cross Mm-hmm. for basic humanitarian needs like food. Yeah. I'm trying to imagine what that must feel like to be a worker from Laos or Myanmar or Cambodia in beautiful Phuket. Yeah. Suddenly relying on the Red Cross for basic needs. Mm. When you interviewed these workers, they were afraid of losing their jobs. How else did they feel? I saw the the movement of the worker, and I still unable to uh, get information to verify because after the lockdown in a whole country last year in September, I went to Phuket because we can connect to the local network to organize about the management of the migrant worker in the area of Phuket province. And our main intention is we want to track down about how people who affect from the COVID-19 access to the compensation, right? Because we have an opportunity to uh, talk with the local authority that involved with the issue of the migrant worker. So we talk a lot in the panel about uh, the situation of the migrant worker. And I learned that there are 150,000 workers in Phuket register with social security office in Phuket and about 140,000 of workers claim for compensations in Phuket. Wow, that's almost everybody. Yeah, almost everybody that's uh, affected from the pandemic. When we go to details about 
number of 140,000 how many migrant workers are able to claim for the compensation under that system <laughs> we got no answer oh no yeah it makes you wonder if people are disappearing or yes. losing losing mm-hmm. hope i tracked down to the database of the ministry of labor about how many migrant worker in phuket so i found that it's about 22000 migrant worker registered and working over there legally so <laughs> from for 140000 i don't know how many people can claim for the compensation I wonder if you could share with us a little bit about the role of the companies in the COVID crisis, when the government of Thailand is not always able to provide support for migrant workers. How are the companies responding? Are the companies helping? Are they providing compensation? Let me uh, clarify first that from the government policy to lock down and temporarily shut down the work sector seafood processor industry not affect from the shutdown so the migrant workers still able to continue to work in their workplace yeah yeah so the seafood industry are essential workers we call it yeah. <laughs> they they kept working that happening from the first lockdown but in december 2020 there was the case of the Thai people in Samutsakorn got the COVID-19. I think that was the first case after a year that the COVID-19 happened in the country. Normally, the the report of the people uh, receive the COVID-19, they normally uh, travel from the friend country and after the medical checkup and the doctor file. But in December, it was the first case. Uh, that's uh, happening in Subusakorn, and people are uh, keep talking about migrant worker. So right now, seafood industry got affected from the second wave of the pandemic. Prita, in many countries, there is a sense that migrant workers are being blamed for the COVID crisis, mm-hmm. and I wonder if that has happened in Thailand. So linked to the the situation that happened in uh, Samutsakorn in December, because when the Thai people got COVID 19 where a hundred thousand of the migrant worker are there, and also there there was the media report about some of the migrant worker come back to Thailand through the illegal channel. So a lot of chaos happening at that times, and the governments announced to lock down the migrant community in Samutsakorn. But the Thai society is more focused to the role of the Thai authority that they may have the issue of the corruption that facilitates people from outside the country come back to Thailand illegally. Corruption. Yeah. Tell me more about. The corruption before the the second wave of the COVID 19 there was the report of some number of the Thai people who work in the neighboring country, for example, in Malaysia, in Myanmar, come back to Thailand illegally because these Thai people already know that they got 
COVID-19, and there was no well treatments in another country. So they want to come back to get a better treatment, but the process to return back to Thailand legally much more complex. After the break, we'll discuss how unions are stepping in to support migrant workers today and the changes that Prita and the workers of Thailand want to see in the future. Hi there, it's Shauna again. I just wanted to take a minute to invite you to check out Radio Labor, the international labor movement's radio service. Radio Labor produces daily newscasts about union events and issues, and it also produces special programs to support labor campaigns around the world. Check out Radio Labor at radiolabour.net and find out more about worker rights struggles around the world and how the movement is supporting their efforts for decent wages, fair treatment, and strong communities. Follow and subscribe at radiolabor.net. And Prita, how do unions fit into this picture? Do they protect the rights of migrant workers? For the unions, last year, no, we another program no, of the SC also worked with the, the, the Thai labor unions and the union, they opened the complaints uh, center for all the workers. So that center actually received the complaint, not only for the Thai workers, but include the migrant workers. And also the Thai labor union, they have very good connection with the Thai authorities especially people in the Ministry of Labor. And sometimes a uh, member of the union accompany the, the case to bring them to file the complaint through the labor protection system in the provincial level. So even though Thai law restricts the right of migrants mm. to be part of unions, unions are still supporting yeah. Thai workers and migrant workers yeah. during the COVID crisis. Yeah. Well, why, Prita? Why do they do that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, because we are the worker. <laughs> That's all. We are the worker. We are the same. Before the pandemic of COVID-19, we already uh, connect with the labor unions, especially uh, for those sectors that have migrant worker in that workplace. And the labor union try to encourage the migrant worker to become a member of the union so they can have the same right and the, the same uh, demand and to learn about, about the being the labor unions in the democracy system. A lot of like international days that labor unions advocate every year, they try to engage migrant worker to participate. For example, like International Labor Day, Women Day, Decent Work Day, even for the International Migrants Day, they also organize the activity for the migrant workers. Wow. So on the most important days for workers around the world, like International Workers Day, May Day, or Women's Day, or the day celebrating and honoring the right to decent work globally, Thai unions work directly with migrant workers 
to come out and advocate for their yeah. rights. The first year, uh, we found that most of the migrant workers involved in the May Day with the labor union is the Myanmar worker, right? But when I can manage to connect more with the union group who have workers from Cambodia, so we just try to communicate and encourage them to bring more Cambodian workers to participate in the May Day. So this is the kind of the successful work that we try to engage with the labor union and migrant workers. Prita, do the migrant workers from neighboring countries have their own home experience with unions? Do they come from countries where they have active labor movements? Or are migrant workers being introduced to unions in Thailand? Some of them have been engaged with the union in the their own country, for example, like a fishing worker. But this is the kind of the experience that some of them used to be a victims and get the support by the union in their own country. And later on, they come back and work as activists. Is it common in Thailand for migrant workers to share with their employers when they feel they are not getting fairly paid? Actually, it's not really common that workers came out to advocate for their rights. However, since we have the migrant worker in the country for up to 30 years already. And some of the migrant workers gathering themselves as a group. And some of them already <laughs> organized like labor unions. And some of them work in their own communities and found themselves as the community-based organization. So through that group, migrant worker can raise their voice about uh, what's happening to them. And Clearly, because of the uh, development of the technologies, most of the people know about how to use the social media. So the local NGO like the HRDF and other partners, they use the social media to raise more awareness and uh, connect with the migrant workers in the communities. And especially uh, during the pandemic of the COVID-19, we cannot go to the fields, but because of the more development on the online system we use the survey, right? But we change the number of the question into the case complaint so that we can uh, get numbers of the complaints to the online system. Wow, so moving online during COVID, but making sure that migrant workers have access to still have the right to file complaints. Yeah. Moving online to keep people safe. Prita, when you mentioned before the unions support the migrant workers because we are all workers. Yes. That's a, a really powerful idea. Yeah. I wonder with your experience working in Thailand as a, an activist, a lawyer, a human rights specialist, when you think about the future and you think about the idea that we are all workers, what is your idea for what changes should happen in the future to achieve that goal? Both Thai workers and the foreigner migrant workers have the same demand. First, they want Thailand to ratify the ILO Convention number 87 and 98 because Thailand actually is one of the countries to file the ILO. I think 100 years already that ILO established 
with the support of the Thailand, but Thailand still not decide to ratify this core convention. So the core conventions of the International Labor Organization, 87 and 98, yeah. Thai mm. workers and migrant workers yeah. both want Thailand ratify these conventions. Yeah. Can you remind us what are conventions 87 and 98? Convention number 87 is about the freedom of associations, open opportunity for all workers to uh, file the unions. And 98 is referred to the uh, collective bargaining. So consider to the Thai domestic law, we have Labor Relations Act that include the issue of the freedom of association and collective bargaining. However, that domestic law is still have an issue to discriminate foreigner or migrant worker to, to file the union. What other changes would you and the workers of Thailand like to see? Adopt the national action plan on business and human rights. And we learned that the propaganda from the business sector is, number one is to promote the union. <laughs> the labor unions, right? So we want to use that opportunity that if private sector already promote the right of the freedom of associations, we should put the government to more active on the ratification. And the second one is Thailand also promote the IO standard on the fair recruitment that a lot of the campaign from the Thailand side to prevent the issue of the human trafficking in Thailand is about fair recruitment. You know, Prita, as we wrap up here, I want to ask you, you know, this work is really intense and important. And I wonder what sustains you in this difficult work? Why do you do this? As of now, I see that even though the policy of the migrant worker in Thailand is very weak, but I saw that there are still low number of the unions, CSO, working on the human rights and access to justice for the migrant workers. And I saw that Solidarity Centers is one of the organizations that promote the social justice and labor movements. We can work well with the Thai partners and the union to continue to promote the labor rights and human rights in Thailand. We hope and ensure that the workers should be get respect and receive the equal treatments under the international and IRO standard. And also uh, in the past, why I confidence about this issue? Because we have a lot of successful stories that we work in Thailand. For example, like some of the, the law that the governments plans to issue that involve to the right of the migrant worker. We must uh, involve in the discussion of the draft. And if the draft is not, is not really in line of the protection of the migrant workers, we have to issue a lot of press release you know, to pressure the government to change their, their, their policy. Yeah, a lot of the case that we can help migrant worker access to the protection and liberty and also especially in the area of the special economic zone that migrant workers are not eligible to access social security programs. In the past few days, we also received a positive response from the social security office that social security office sent a letter to all uh, industry in 
Special Economic Zone mentioned about the right of the migrant worker be able to access to social security. Wow. Yeah. That's an amazing yeah. accomplishment. Yeah. Well, Prita, I'm so proud of the work you do. I'm I'm proud to have the chance to talk to you today. I really admire your vision of social justice, equality, and liberty for all. So, thank you so much for sharing. Thank you. We can see a theme developing when it comes to the conventions of the International Labor Organization, starting with Episode One in South Africa. While the adoption of these conventions by the ILO is extremely important and often momentous, but real change doesn't begin until national governments, pushed by workers, ratify them and turn them into laws and create real accountability. Thailand, in this case, is unfortunately just one more example. One last thing to keep in mind. Where the government is failing migrant workers in Thailand, the sisters and brothers of organized labor are picking up slack. The rights of corporations to move freely across borders have grown exponentially. Contrast that with the lack of labor rights and protections for migrant workers. In countries like Thailand and around the world, the labor movement supports the fundamental principle that you don't lose your human rights, your worker rights, just because you cross a border. Thanks one more time to our colleague Prita, who is doing such important work ensuring migrant workers achieve their rights on the job. And thanks to you for listening. Tune in next week when we'll talk to worker rights lawyer and labor activist George Sandal about gig economy and informal workers in Ukraine and their creative campaigns to push back against low wages and dangerous working conditions. Don't forget to subscribe to the Solidarity Center podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you find your shows and learn more about the Solidarity Center at SolidarityCenter.org and through our social media channels, including Facebook and Twitter at Solidarity Center. This podcast is a production of TheStoryProducer.com with executive producer Tyler Green and producer and engineer Adam Yaffe. The Solidarity Center podcast is a member of the DC Labor Radio Podcast Network. A special thanks to all the staff of the Solidarity Center who assisted with this podcast. In more than 60 countries around the world, we work to ensure a righteous future for workers, dignity, freedom, equality, and justice. For the Solidarity Center podcast, I'm Shauna Bader-Blau. Thanks for listening.